Disclaimer, I am a counseling student, I am not a mental health professional, and I cannot give or offer mental health services. You are listening to Good You. I'm your host, Samantha, and today I sit with Heidi, who goes by Heidi Helps Here on Instagram, and discuss obsessive compulsive disorder, also known as OCD. Heidi is awesome and super vulnerable this episode in discussing her journey with OCD and how it's negatively stigmatized and in society today, how people use OCD as an adjective for themselves when they're not diagnosed and how hurtful that can be to someone who is diagnosed with OCD. So I hope you're excited for today's episode. Thank you, Heidi, again for your vulnerability and coming and being a guest on the episode today. All right, let's get started. So thank you so much, Heidi, for being with me today. How are you? I am doing great. I'm so thankful to be be on here. I have seen all your posts and a lot of your episodes. So, oh well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I've been probably. I think you were one of the first people that I followed on Instagram, actually. <laughs> so this is great that we finally get to chat, yeah. and I'm yeah. excited. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. Um, So my name is Heidi. I am working towards being a peer specialist. And that is because I had to drop out of college. So I my original plan was to be a music educator. And now I do really affordable mental health support under the certification called peer specialist. So I, I run my Instagram and I provide just basic mental health support but for things like OCD, autism, ADHD, more like the neurodivergent stuff. Yes. Yes. That is so needed. Thank you for doing that because especially affordable. I mean, that's one reason people don't seek mental health help. Yeah. But what made you choose this line of work and what made you enter this? Yeah. So, um, I mentioned a little bit of my dramatic exit from college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it, it was actually even more dramatic than that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it involved a lot of mental health discrimination when I developed my OCD. So I was previously neurodivergent and identified with autism, was looking into ADHD. And then I got this really, like really fast, severe onset of OCD. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Some of the things I didn't notice before were OCD, let me get accommodations, let me get it all sorted out. And my professors simply didn't believe me. It was, it was just one of those things. Um, So that department was just not for me. And they kind of, they kind of pushed me out instead of me like dropping out. And it really like lit a fire inside of me to it was kind of angry at first, but yeah, I bet now, now it's just like, so, so much passion for mental health mm-hmm. and I've kind of gone away from music, but 
I love it here. And I found that certification so I don't have to have my bachelor's or master's. It's just like really nice to do community health and just do low, low cost. You bringing that up, it, it makes me think about how often that people with, uh, that are neuro- neurodivergent have to go through that with any yeah. level of schooling. Um, me, I have ADHD. I have since I was a kid. And I actually, before starting my program, worked with uh, kids with autism. And it is amazing how often people and or teachers in schools not willing to work with these kids. And yeah, how, yeah, how if you're laughing, but no, no, it, you have to laugh or you'll cry. It's, it's yeah. really, it's, it's where it is, but uh, like, it's, it's genuinely frustrating because it, what else? It, you're just secluding these individuals mm-hmm. as if they're so different that they can't even be in this, in this box that the world has created for neurotypical quote unquote. Right. So yeah. Um, on the other side of that, like when you try to integrate, they're like, no, not like that. Right. Integrate like we integrate. Yes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. We can't do that. We, cause then, cause then that makes like, we're only giving that child access. And it's like, well, this yes. child is the one that needs the access. So <sighs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, do I get it in college in college? They wanted me to go back to my psychiatrist um, because I hadn't gotten diagnosed within like a three or five year span. It was like eight oh. years. And I was like, am I going to go pay $500 just so you'll let me test for an extra 20, 30 minutes? Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's things like that. It's like these little things where you get taken advantage of so yeah, easily. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel you, girl. <laughs> but let's. Uh, so today we're talking about OCD, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to get in this topic. One thing that has bugged me so much about OCD, uh, not OCD, but misunderstanding of OCD is how how easy people use it. Like. <laughs> Oh, I'm just so OCD oh. and like things yeah. like that, or they're just so OCD and we can talk about that too, about how that can be harmful. But first, like what is OCD? Yeah. So OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder yep. and disorder is actually a pretty nice word for us. Um, it, it used to be like a disease, like something really, really severe mm-hmm. that probably wasn't diagnosed in patients who went to asylums, who went to really horrible treatment centers, um, because OCD actually exhibits a lot of psychotic, schizophrenic, we're we're cousins. We exhibit a lot of psychotic features when we are in that severe range. And when we're in the lower range, which is still really significant, significant intrusive thoughts, significant compulsions. In that mild range, a lot of doctors seem to think that it's anxiety, but there's, I, I want to tell you about my obsessions later and what makes them different from anxiety, but, but mm. obsessive compulsive disorder is a cycle of being anxious about a certain topic and seeking relief through that compulsion to say, oh, it's okay. I checked the lock or, oh, it's okay. I have made sure that this obsession won't harm me. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and when it gets to become a disorder, so kind of like what you said at the end, yeah. it's okay to do those things. And when it becomes um, 
a diagnosable disorder. It's when it's interfering with daily functioning. Yes. And, yes. and that's important to note too. Um, cause I think like you, you were just about to say it, OCD is on a, spe- a spectrum. Most disorders are on a spectrum. Um, and it's when it starts to really inhibit your day-to-day life mm-hmm. and affect maybe the people around you. Um, that's when you'll start to see it being diagnosed. Yes. Um, yeah. do, do you know any of the different types of OCD? Yes. Um, so it, it's almost a little bit misleading to say mm-hmm. different types because there is a severity spectrum. Right. And um, it's actually pretty linear. Mm-hmm. Um, you go from like not really affecting your life to affecting everything. You can't mm-hmm. eat, you can't move. Um, and I've been through that actually. Me here sitting, walking, talking. I've been through that. Um, the, the different types of OCD that you are going to see on your Instagram page, on your Facebook, mm-hmm. um, they are different themes of OCD. So kind of I like, like that word. Yeah. And if you talk to people with OCD, they will know this language. It's almost clinical language that's used like throughout. So mm-hmm. these different themes, these different kinds of OCD, they are just a way for the, the, um, I don't know what to call us. I call us OCDers, like ADHD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for us, um, it's just like the difference between executive dysfunction, ADHD, like as a symptom, or like, oh, this is my hyper focus, ADHD. Yes, so yes, those absolutely. Might be different themes of of ADHD. For OCD, you have relationship OCD. You mm-hmm. obsess about does my partner like feel the same way I do? Mm-hmm. What does this action mean? What does this little thing mean? How can I like be a better person so I can be better in the relationship? And there are a lot of different themes that are similar to that, that obsessive type of feeling, that heavy anxiety and dread. And this is different from abusive relationships. It's mm-hmm. different from like relationship anxiety or attachment issues. You have like a creative changing obsession about irrational things. Um, But the different themes that transform is like, it could be relationship OCD, that it could be, um, excuse me. (laughs) Um, It could be contamination OCD the next Mm -hmm. day. And that's why they call them themes instead of types, because they shift and change throughout your day. Okay. So, so one person can, can experience multiple themes throughout. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. It's kind of hard to explain because there's so many. Yeah. I was actually, I was doing some research uh, before we hopped on. And um, I think the one that surprised me the most was forbidden thoughts. Yeah. And, and that is, yeah, that like, um, that's intrusive thoughts on, on, on overdrive. Yes. And, um, so some of the symptoms that I found with that is obviously frequent intrusive thoughts that are often sexual or violent in nature, and then guilt and shame over these thoughts Mm -hmm. and persistent worry that you'll act on these thoughts or that you're a bad person for having them. Yeah. And then having these, uh, rituals to kind of dispel dispute or cancel out these thoughts in in your day-to-day yeah I I really 
I have a love-hate relationship, of course, but I really Uh love Forbidden Thoughts because you can apply it to a lot of different themes. Like um, some people have pedophilia OCD Mm -hmm. and they are, and I've had this too. And um, you are thinking about like, I, I have access to this child technically. What if I was a pedophile and took advantage? What yeah. if I was secretly thinking these thoughts? And it's, it's almost like noticing, like I am in a circumstance where if I was any different or if I was in less control, something really bad might happen. Yeah. Yes. And forbidden thoughts. Like, even if you think about that child, maybe like the secret or the universe is real and that thought will affect the child somehow. That mm. is a very real fear for me. Yeah. But it, it varies and it's different and interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the one that I actually learned about in my diagnosis class is the ped- pedophilia, yeah. pedophilic OCD. And, um, that I think is, it might, might sound surprising to uh, people who are listening, but truly that's going to be one of the more common yeah. types for forbidden thoughts, because that's where that guilt and shame comes from. Like, how could I think these things? Like, yeah. what if I act on those things? But like a, a lot of the times or mostly all the time, these people do not act on it. It's these thoughts that come through your head. And that's why it's, it's forbidden thoughts, OCD. This isn't a compulsive action behavior. Yes. yes. Um, and then there was the hoarding type. And I didn't know hoarding was a subtype of OCD until this as well. Can you talk a little about that one? Yes. I, I honestly grew up watching hoarders mm-hmm. on HGTV mm-hmm. and I was entertained. I felt sad. I was just watching it with my mom. I didn't know that I had OCD or that hoarding was a related disorder and mm-hmm. also a subtype and it the research on it varies from what I've seen of like the older type of like you have a hoarding disorder or no you have OCD and your hoarding is expressed through your OCD um but I have such love for those kinds of people and I feel like we're connected to the autistic community because it's like a collection and it's it can be like I want to control what I do and don't have yeah. or what I might need later or all of these things can be super common and relatable to anyone. And then they're extra special to me because I know the, the amount of anxiety and like just the desire. It's not always negative. I just desire to have everything in control. Yeah. That's just I, not possible. <laughs> Yeah. And I, but how do you feel about that show now that you're older and you know, just yeah. out of curiosity, how do you feel about that? I, I still, I still watch it sometimes mm-hmm. just to like remind myself how much harm you can do just like with a couple comments. And there are some good episodes where they treat them really kindly and they go through their stuff one at a time and are considerate, yeah. but, um, I don't watch it for entertainment anymore. Mm -hmm. I just, I use it when I need some connection. Like my OCD community is asleep on discord. So let me watch, (laughs) let me watch episode of hoarding. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think that the point that you make, it's there's, there's what I remember from watching uh, when I was younger is that either they would do it when the person wasn't there 
Yes. And yeah. yeah. And, and let me tell you and anyone listening that does not fix anyone's disorder. Yeah. That could actually cause more trauma and more harm to the disorder. If you're doing it without some mental health supervision and yeah, yeah. 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 Resent big time. And, and what you said about mental health supervision hoarders is not any type of like, they didn't consult anyone on mental health on anything. It's like, this is a house channel and we're going to do a house cleaning show. Was it TLC? I don't know if it was TLC. You might be right. TLC always has these types of shows. That's why I'm like, what not to wear and they throw away your whole closet yes and they put you in that hall of mirrors oh and then I, you look like every other person in the world <laughs> oh my gosh we I, want you to fit in this box and you don't yes <laughs> and i i recently found out that body dysmorphic disorder mm-hmm. body dysmorphia disorder that is related to ocd and yep. it can be a subtype and also, it is hard to um, to go into any of these disorders that are just for the neurodivergencies where we're expanding the research and the personal experience and the anecdotal research. And you're like, wow, all of these things could be related to OCD. Is it me? Is it the OCD? Is it the autism? I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's a good point too. That's why it's important to you know, go seek a counselor or something. And that way you can work through those things. Because for, for me personally, um, this might not be the case with everybody, but the more I know about myself, I think the more I am able to help myself and I'm able to call out what's happening in front of me. Yeah. Not, um, just like something I thought of, I, I love how people always encourage us to reach out to mental health providers and learn more about our neurodivergencies in our disorders. Um, a lot of counselors won't know that stuff. A lot of therapists will not know that stuff. Mm -hmm. I've had even OCD specialists where I walk in for my OCD and I'm like, so how would this relate to my autism or Mm -hmm. my hoarding? And they're like, well, um, you would have to talk to your medical team because I don't specialize in autism. And so it's like, how are you going to work as a team with related disorders? If you're, So um, I just want to make a note of like who I recommend you go to, not recommend, but I started with like psychologists Mm -hmm. and neuropsych because they are going to be super heavy research, but I still had problems with them too. So it's just, it's, it's the luck of the draw sometimes in the mental health industry, which is, it's, it's a shame because you're right. Like those things go hand in hand. Honestly, it would be so great if we had mental health professionals doing like a specializing in just neurodivergent in general. And that way you have all those types that really do go hand in hand Mm -hmm. Um, or just like you do with, you have someone who specializes in personality disorders that it it should be the same thing. And I'm sure they are out there and like, you should still look Mm -hmm. and do the research and you will find someone who can work alongside of your psychologist or alongside of your psychiatrist. Very true. Uh, yeah. And, and work, they work as a team to mm-hmm. make a treatment plan that best fits you. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it is hard. It is. Yeah. I do know that there, um, 
there are some directories or some homemade ones on Reddit, Discord mm-hmm. that are like, these are professionals that I've seen that are cool, that are being, yeah. that are informed. So hope we'll get there. Yeah, that's a good idea too. Like Facebook groups. I love Reddit. Yeah. I love Reddit. So that definitely recommend Reddit. Um, and yeah, so can you talk about your experience um, with in your journey of being diagnosed with OCD? Yes. Um, it, it was, um, hmm, let me think about that. I was prepared for this question and then I wasn't prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it was actually so, it sounds so scary, but it worked out so good. I was literally so happy for this week, but I got my OCD diagnosis, like at the beginning of the week after, like months and months of like my, my anxiety getting worse. And within like five days, I got in a huge car accident, like huge. I got a lawsuit. It turned out good, but it was so scary. Yeah. And I was like, OCD car accident. Now I'm afraid to drive, of course. Right. Add that (laughs) on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I got in that huge car accident. It turned out good. Um, and then I was struggling to go back to school and get my accommodations and then I got them and it was good. And then I dropped out. So it was kind of like this eight month period of like up and down and up and down. And like, you have OCD, you've gotten a car accident, you're out of college. And also my music career was off the tracks by a mile because in the state of Texas, you have to have a music education degree, not just an education degree. So it was, it was a lot of stuff. Um, but my psychiatrist, even though I do not like him, he is a gym bro. He, he probably played football and still does like that kind of psychiatrist. Okay. I was like, who are you? Why did I come here? But he, (laughs) he noticed the OCD and he missed everything else, but I was so grateful. One, 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 oh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was so, so grateful because I, in all my academia, my mental health interests, like it was a special interest. I already had neurodivergent interests and Mm -hmm. identity. I did not know what OCD was, even though I Googled it because I just, I didn't feel like I fit the diagnosis. You know, Mm -hmm. like when you read the words and it's like, like, um, for OCD, it's like you have excessive worrying about irrational things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's not irrational. I was in a car accident and I have had these things happen to me. And so it's not irrational. Maybe it's anxiety. I'll go for anxiety. Well, when, um, when I talked to the psychiatrist about my worries that were very rational, quote unquote, um, I started to realize what he was seeing and my, my intrusive thoughts and my compulsions were, they were ruminating, which is a fancy word for overthinking. And I was ruminating about stuff that started out as rational, but progressed into something that was extreme, irrational, or just very like intrusive, unwanted. And then all of that is in a cycle. So 
the um the two things he noticed were like the creativity and the cycling yeah those are the main two things and once he told me that and I identified it I was like wow that that explains a lot more than just an anxiety diagnosis would yeah um so yeah I I had a really great experience getting diagnosed and then um as I started to work more on my my homework (laughs) it started to get harder but it was so illuminating to find like it's the escalation of the thoughts and the cycling it's not the thoughts themselves absolutely so I had a new direction to work yeah I I love that you brought that up because the the part where the the thoughts that you were having weren't um they weren't irrational. Irrational. Yeah. Thank you. They were, they were rational to you. These made sense. And, and I'm sure there's so many people who go in their day-to-day life and these thoughts maybe have been in their mind for years now and they, they make sense. They make sense. Yeah. That's all it has to do is it just has to make sense to you. Yeah. And um, I think then it goes like where you don't feel like you have to quote unquote, like explain yourself uh, to other people. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it's this, they just don't understand this is what's happening to me. And then, um, and it's, and it's true. Like you you get kind of caught up in, in your experience. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, I I feel like um, when you look up, if you have a, a disorder or a divergency, I feel like they should not describe um, what it is, they should mm-hmm. describe this is the progression of a typical individual. They start as anxious, they rationalize their thoughts, the thoughts like get ingrained in their lifestyle, in their biases, and then suddenly they can't function. And I'm like, wait, what happened between intrusive thoughts and not being able to function? I'm missing, I'm yeah. missing that. Yeah. Yeah. And like these, and then having behaviors, like we'll talk about rituals where they can almost enable these thoughts and enable the rituals itself. Like, well, this, this worked and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, the thing that's happened before didn't happen when I did this. So then it becomes this, it it can become Mm fear-based that if you don't perform these things, that, that bad thing that has happened before that makes those fears rational will happen again yeah Um, absolutely yeah my I'm so glad you brought that up because my compulsions are more mental Mm -hmm. and like somatic and not a lot of people talk about somatic OCD um it's interesting though but um yes the the physical compulsions um that is what leads to not being able to function and yeah yeah I could talk about that all day I'm thinking of all my old compulsions <laughs> you want to talk about some yeah I I feel like it would help people if we have yeah, time absolutely yeah. we have time yeah um yeah I was thinking about my my most um my deepest compulsion was about food safety so trigger warning for food safety food is safe for you um but for me, food was not safe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up becoming um, just like anorexic and in like 
the true sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really just was having both of those fears, um, the anorexia times OCD, and then the food safety one. So, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit slower because it's hard for me. Yeah, take your time. But um, some of my compulsions that I would engage in, and it's not bad to engage in compulsions. And even if you know about compulsions and you know you have OCD, it's not bad to do them. It's just not productive, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, some of the ones that I did when I had a really bad relationship with food was I would check my temperature with the food thermometer mm-hmm. all the time. That thing was getting washed like like 20 times a day. Food thermometer and everything, even cold stuff. I was I was very concerned that every time I opened the fridge, it let a certain amount of temperature out mm-hmm. and that all my food would be rotten. So I was like Googling, like what temperature is cheese supposed to be in the fridge? There's no answer for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one knows what it, and like, there's a range. And so yeah. once I find the range, I'm like, okay, it has to be in the middle of the range or like, what if it's like at the high end, what does that mean for me? What does mm-hmm. that mean for my health? So just that was an example of like, it started with the physical compulsion that you can see, like me checking the temperature, um, me opening the fridge or not opening it to not let the temperature out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it transformed into a mental compulsion and it went into like, well, let's Google something. Well, let's Google how accurate that, that Google is. Well, let's see what this will do to my health. And then it's on a health theme. I'm like, how did I switch themes so quickly? Yeah. So, um, it's a kind of like a confirmation bias too. Like when you're Googling. Yes. Yes. Cause you're Googling for something. It's a database. Yeah. So it's, the amount of stuff that I know about refrigerators is <laughs> immense. I mean, I'm amazing, but <laughs> a book of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like my ADHD, um, self-diagnosis pending diagnosis. Um, not that all self-diagnosis have to be pending. I mm-hmm. just am doing mine for some reason. Um, but I feel like ADHD and OCD have this like focus component together and the the information searching. Yep. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I literally was talking about this the other day. I was like, listen, I might not be the physical one for a zombie apocalypse, but the random bits of knowledge I have can really get us by. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh no. That's what I have to offer. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you don't know how to bake bread or like do no no but those hyper folks yeah those (laughs) hyper focus days where you're like you know what I think I'd be really good at mini (laughs) miniature house building 
I love that. Actually, I'm in that world. <laughs> Wait, I literally, okay. I never finished it because this is my impulse. <laughs> it's in my closet. It's half built. I spent nine straight hours on it. And then, and then obviously I burnt out that one day yeah. and never picked it back up, but it's like things like that, like little things. You're just like, you know what? I'd be so good at. And if you're not an expert on it immediately, you're like, mm, yeah, scratch that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So relatable. Yeah. Yeah. The also just the amount of cousins that I feel like I have. I just want to share what OCD is so you can be my cousins as well. Yeah. Yeah. And not be all alone. Exactly. Yes. And can we talk about what I had mentioned earlier about what it feels like when other people use OCD as like this thing to throw? I, I've actually seen it evolve Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, But yeah, it is. I've seen it in like recent posts in recent stuff even, and, or just like in captions casually. And I'll always comment and be like, um, Hey, I'm a person with OCD. Um, do you have OCD too? Like, let's be friends if you do, but it feels like you don't or (laughs) something like that, or like something more educational or something mean, or if I, feel like (laughs) if I'm in that mood (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah OCD as like um I know like a lot of people know not to say it as an adjective right but the more the more harmful thing is to not understand how painful it is maybe and it it is a chronic disorder you don't you don't recover from it. You stay in recovery. So it is also hurtful in that way where it's like, it's a part of me mm-hmm. and you are using it like I like to make fun. Almost, almost not even because I just don't like when they, when they brag about it and it's not that, you know, like, um, Oh, Oh, I know exactly. Yeah. Like the cleaning. Yeah. The cleaning for sure. That's, that's the biggest one. I feel like some people are so unaware and you know, like, I don't know about you, but I reread my captions over and over (laughs) and I'm just like, yeah, how would, how would someone take this? Um, yeah. And you know, like I, I'm not upset about anything that's like, oh, I'm so obsessed with this. Like, okay, technically you're not obsessed, but I get it. Like you're Mm -hmm. obsessed. And I say that too. But mm-hmm. when you're saying like, oh, I have OCD too. Like I always organize my books or I have OCD too. I just can't with germs. And that one, I, I am like, okay, how do I react? What if they're an OCD person too? Mm-hmm. Um, so when they're like, I'm so OCD, I just can't with germs. I have actually asked someone at my job who is my coworker? And I was like, oh, um, that, that doesn't mean like lining up everything. Like, does it stress you out when things are out of place or is it just like your work pride? And she was studying to be a nurse and she just straight up said like, no, um, it doesn't stress me out. It's just my OCD. Like I like to have stuff perfect. It makes me happy. And I'm like, 
did you learn about OCD in nursing school? And she's like, yeah, like I learned about the real kind. And I was like, I have the real kind. Oh my gosh. No, she didn't. It was, it was a fun, like undercover boss moment, but (laughs) (laughs) yes, you real life lived that you lived that moment. Oh my God. You probably were like, and I'm 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 the CEO. (laughs) I'm the CEO. Yes. And so she really said like, yeah, I've learned about the real kind. And I was like, yeah, so I have the real kind. And then she's just the type of person to be like, oh, you don't seem like it. Uh, And so I, I just had like that conversation where I was like, yeah, mine shows up like this and yours Mm. is not real. (laughs) Right. So stop saying it. I don't know if she um, learned about it and I don't know if it was an honest mistake either, but when people are just not getting it, I feel like the best thing to do is remove yourself and let some peer specialist or therapist bully them the next time or educate them. Yeah. I was about to say like, take that moment. If, if, you know, if in that moment I were to have said something like that and, um, was, uh, ignorant of the knowledge, like didn't have any, any mm-hmm. education on this. And someone with OCD wanted to educate me, take that moment to shut up and listen in the kindest yeah. of, and the most respectful way, shut up mm-hmm. and listen, because it's not your place to try to tell that person their experience and validate that and validate that. Um, it's, it's, it is a cross word. I think, especially with neurodivergent, like I've, I think it's more obvious. It's like people, people with other disorders, they get really bad raps too. Yeah. And I think with, with people who are neurodivergent, it's, it's like exactly what we said. Oh, you don't seem like it. Oh, you don't look like someone who would have autism. Yeah. You don't look like someone who would have this. What does that look like? Yeah. And for OCD, unless you see me pull a light switch, you're not going to know. No. Exactly. Yeah. It's frustrating. A lot of, I also wanted to bring this up. A lot of people with, with OCD, all types, they do it in private. It is like self-harm stuff where it's just like, it's private. You're not going to know if I'm doing this. You're only my doctor knows what I'm doing. And if I choose to open up to you and be like, Hey, this is what I go through in private. And it's not fun to joke about. It's like joking about chemo. It's like joking about cancer. Like I might have chemo in me and like, I just haven't lost my hair yet. Right. Like people have an awareness to be like, oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. But they don't seem to have the same shame when they get corrected about OCD. I think it's embarrassment and they just like, um, or defensiveness. Yeah. Defensiveness. But But take that moment. Yeah. It's, it's, listen, we, we, we're humans, we make mistakes and like, and we don't have to feel like we're a bad person when we're corrected on them. Like the best thing you can do in that situation is say like, wow, I had no idea what I was doing or saying is offensive. And like, that might be silly on my part, but I will take what you're saying and learn from my mistakes here. And as an OCD person, I would be like, wow, you are such a nice stranger. No one's ever seen me. And I, <laughs> and I feel hurt. 
heard for the first time and like in the not the community but like the public community yeah society yeah yeah society yeah (sighs) did that answer your question for oh (laughs) even if I don't even know what I asked last to be honest with you (laughs) we're both off but like I'm glad I'm so glad wherever this conversation is taking us because it's um Another thing I think I want to, it's just like the stereotypes of the uh, symptoms because people, if I'm not taking my ADHD medicine or people judge me for the medication I'm on for my ADHD and I'm like, yeah, gotta pick one. Yeah. You gotta pick one. You can't judge both. Okay. (laughs) You can't judge me being on medicine. You can't judge me not being on medicine. And, oh, it's so frustrating because Like, I'm sorry that the medication that they, they use for ADHD is a extreme. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Drug is a drug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do I do about this? I can't <laughs> call up big farm. Talk to them. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I really feel bad for the ADHD medication paradigm that's going on. Luckily for OCD, we don't have it as much, but I do. At first, I I had a lot of medication fears just because the OCD, like stuff in my body, stuff that might not work, that might give me side effects, question mark. So I was really stressed. Um, and then these doctors were putting me, like they put me on a low level first and titrated mm-hmm. me up, but they were putting me on like three times the amount of Prozac for normal, three times the amount of, but it is normal for OCD. I was just getting so paranoid because that no one ever talks about it mm-hmm. and they don't talk about like, yeah, I'm on 60 milligrams of Prozac. Like I take yeah. it every day and it really, it, it only starts to hit for OCD when you get up to that level of serotonin. Yeah. And I used to feel super ashamed that I was taking like literally like seven pills a day. Cause like I do three twenties, you know, Yeah. Like, quick. I felt so sick and like I had to carry a bunch of pills around with me. So I just wanted to like mention that, that I'm, I'm okay with my pills now. And it's not like I'm taking more than anxiety. I'm just taking different. Yeah. That's (laughs) awesome. I'm glad for you that you feel that way too, because that's, it it is that level of shame that is so weirdly associated with just trying to help yourself. Uh, And, and even doctors can make you feel ashamed. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. I went to a doctor's appointment like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, you know, this, this, uh, this hospital is closer than the one I've been going to for my prescription. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to, you know, think about um, switching over to just get come every three months here instead. And they said, well, we'll have like, I, we'll see if the doctor will do that. Like they, they may or may not. I'm like, may or may, 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 or may not what? describe me the medication I've been on for 10 over 10 years like what it's it it makes zero sense but it's it is so bizarre and even pharmacists yes you you think it's just the general public but it's not (laughs) it's not yeah and like I get it those Walmart H-E-B pharmacists (laughs) H-E-B um those Walmart pharmacists are so overworked and so yeah. tired, but man, they are judgy. I'm thinking uh, of my clonazepam, my clonopin. They're Walgreens. Like, are you sure you need a prescription? 
Yeah. yeah. Am I sure? <laughs> Let me go ahead and call up my psychiatrist like, and ask him on speaker. <laughs> like, no, I changed my mind. I drove all the way here to pay $80 and I just don't want my meds anymore. I'm no. cured. Oh, <laughs> you, now that you say that, <laughs> it's like, uh, it is so true. Yeah. I like, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think a lot of people, even maybe if you have like family members, kids, siblings, whatever with OCD, autism, ADHD, like these, like it's, you know what though? Like I, I, I know I joke about my ADHD and I don't know if that's a coping mechanism, but it, it is how I cope with trauma as well. I am really good at making good. I am good at jokes. I am funny. And like, that's, that's how I get through life. But like, when you start making jokes and it it might, I don't know if it sounds like quote unquote hypocritical, but like you making jokes about my having ADHD is different than me joking about my ADHD. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and kind of like joking about the thing that gets me is joking about your child while I'm there or like joking about them as if they're not there is mm-hmm. like making fun of the whole community because children are just like have no power and they're representative of so innocent all of us and I just hmm. but it also makes me sad that like the mommy community and like the adult disabled community are not closer and I know why but I would love to give some moms advice or just to like, for them to ask me like, Hey, is 60 milligrams of Prozac. Okay. And for me to say like, yeah, I take it. I would ask if it's for a kid, you know, but yeah, that's, that's the standard. Yeah. I do really well with it. It's a, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) I, I was ashamed because it's only when they like have it in their home. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Not taking that time to learn about it. If it's not like, it doesn't affect me kind of thing. So yeah, but it could, and it could eventually, maybe not now. Yeah. Uh, A lot of these things can also happen like post traumatic event. You can Mm -hmm. develop OCD. You can develop these different kinds of brain structures from going through something. Yep. Yeah, it, it is a huge, big conversation with a lot of people. Yeah. And it's so difficult to make sure everyone feels heard and loved underneath OCD and ADHD and all of this stuff. Yeah. But, In the end, we're all people and we all just want to feel understood. And yeah. um, for so long, society teaches us to be in this box that is normal and if you're outside of it you're not normal and then you develop this shame for yourself and you feel like people are ashamed of you Mm -hmm. and and it's it's terrible to have to put kids through that and and have them growing up to believe that and then have the trauma that comes along with it as adults yes yeah so it's it's just a cycle that the more we're just open and kind to others. Yeah. That's when we're really going to see a world of difference. Yeah. I, I so agree. 
I hope that day comes super soon. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> what well, else you- can I tell you about OCD? I was just about to ask, what do you wish people would understand more in regards to individuals who are diagnosed with OCD? Yeah, um, I would say the the thing to understand, um, I guess I really like people to understand how intense the anxiety and the dread is. It feels like when you're in that part of the video game for me, it is Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. And it's like the scary part of the video game where it's like, you're just so scared you can't even do the game. You're like, why did they make it like this? <laughs> Frozen. Yeah. And um, they have like a lot of jump scares, a lot of spooky things, like bosses that you fight that are way above your level. You don't have the tools for it. It's just a huge hot mess. I wish people would understand that like really scary, not control having environment. And that's why it's, that's why it has the word compulsive in it. Cause yeah. there is that level of not being in control. Yeah. Um, and what, what do you, what advice do you have for people who are struggling with OCD? Yeah. I, the number one advice that I always tell people when they're like, I think I might have it or like I have it and I'm scared is I tell them about ERP, right? Exposure response prevention therapy. And I tell them you don't have to do it. Everyone says that it is the first line treatment for OCD. And it is, they say it's the gold standard for OCD. It is, but for people with newly diagnosed OCD, the gold standard sounds like a lobotomy. That was the gold standard at one point. So what is to stop it from being dangerous medicine now that could evolve later? Or, you know, newly diagnosed individuals are not gonna understand at face value, their obsessions are gonna interfere and block them from treatment. So you don't have to do ERP. You don't have to go to a therapist, just, get into the community and um, don't read about OCD online, I guess, but read about OCD online. Yeah. (laughs) From your community, from the community, like that way you can feel like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah, Cause it, cause I totally agree. You, you're, when you're Googling it, it's like, it's like you're being talked about. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like it's bare bones. And they're the wrong bones or they're not arranged right. I'm like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> it's, it's like for the mental health professionals. To, yeah. It's like that lingo. And then it's like, it feels like you're like, oh, I feel like a, I feel like a diagnosis when it's. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. The main thing for me is not like being talked about. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is not it. Like you have. Mm-hmm like the tailbone as a unicorn horn. I'm not sure what's going on here. This is not my experience. Yeah. So I'm worried for other people who like look up what is OCD and they're like, okay, it's that. I don't have it. Yep. Like, just be curious. We won't diagnose you. And by we just, um, I, I like to branch out on my Instagram and my algorithm. And that's mostly how you find us. It's just like searching OCD, like searching the tags 
And there are some really good neurodiverse creators that do autistic stuff, ADHD stuff, neurodiverse stuff, and just regular OCD. So that's where I would go. Well, how about where, where can people follow you? Where can all these listeners follow you and maybe (laughs) reach out to you if you feel comfortable with that as well? I totally forgot about that. Yes. (laughs) Um, My, yes, my Instagram is my main platform and it's at Heidi helps here. So it's H E I D I dot H E L P S dot H E R E Heidi dot helps dot here. That is where you find me. And, um, I have a lot of accounts that you don't have to search through Instagram. I'll just send them to you and be like, this is a good account. Yeah. (laughs) Um, same name on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And then my website is where you book for free or for, for, um, $25 and under. Yeah. That's what I have right now. (laughs) That's so awesome. And all that will be in the show notes. Um, so make sure to go follow her and, Heidi, thank you so much for being so vulnerable this episode. <laughs> and I know, I, I know it's definitely a vulnerable topic and uh, being able to be that open is very special. And I know everyone who's listening appreciates that level mm-hmm. of vulnerability. Um, so yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you for creating this space. I, I just knew it would be okay to talk about on this podcast just because you're, I, I like your stuff and your style. I really Thanks. think- I hope this reaches a lot of people and that people with OCD feel a little bit less um, panicked (laughs) about what we go through. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I hope so too. And uh, even just one, even just one person. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, girl. Well, I can't wait to talk to you soon. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. All right. Bye. Today's music was written and produced by Tyler O'Brien. You can find him on Instagram at dreamscape, D-R-E-A-M-S-C-A-P-E, and follow his band at wastelander underscore band on Instagram. <laughs>